Why did the Netherlands put a flight cap on its major airport? And what's in the UK's new energy security bill? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckersphere Climate Quarter, your go-to place for international and US-based climate news. I'm Becky Hoke, a science writer. Today is Friday, July 8th. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with the climate study. A new study published in the Journal for Cleaner Production found that global mining operations for fossil fuels, metal ores, and mineral resources cause up to $3 trillion, or 2.5 billion pounds, in environmental and health damages worldwide every year, mainly in the form of greenhouse gas emissions, acidification, and particulate matter. Coal and steel are the main sectors that produce harm. In fact, fossil fuel mining is responsible for half of that cost. And this study wasn't looking at fossil fuel combustion at all. In 20 countries, including Rwanda, Gabon, Madagascar, and Afghanistan, the environmental costs outweigh the economic gains. For humans, mining pollution can result in respiratory illnesses and skin conditions in children. For the environment, mining can result in loss of biodiversity, land degradation, and increased air and water pollution. For most countries, costs sustained by mining practices result in an equivalent loss of more than $500 or £240 per employed person. Put another way, the overall environmental cost of extracted industries results in a loss of at least 0.5% of global GDP a year, and this is expected to rise to 6.4% as it continues to contribute to climate change. Iron is the most emissions-heavy item to mine, with coal, magnesium, crude oil, aluminum, and manganese being the next emissions intense by order. So overall, it appears that most countries economically benefit from mining when just accounting for domestic costs, but add climate change impacts to the picture and few countries still disproportionately benefit. Now on to some climate victories. The Netherlands just announced that their Schiphol airport will limit how many flights it accepts to 440,000 a year, which is a 12% decrease from 2019 numbers. This is huge because it's the world's first cap on flights, and it's happening at the third busiest airport in Europe. The Dutch government is doing this to restore, quote, the balance between a well-operating international airport, the business climate, and the interests of a better and healthier living environment. The airport has been struggling with staffing shortages since the beginning of the pandemic, so that's a big reason why the cap has been put in place. But another reason is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Another transportation emissions reduction mechanism the country recently did was lower the nation's maximum driving speed to 62 miles per hour or 100 kilometers per hour. Slowing down reduces nitrous oxide emissions, which is the third most potent greenhouse gas after carbon dioxide and methane. Okay, I know there's a lot going on right now in the UK, but here's some pieces of good news that have quietly happened on the side. The Parliament just received a new energy security bill that prioritizes decarbonization and diversification in an effort to lower energy prices for consumers. It will likely become law soon. It includes 26 measures to, as the government says, help drive £100 billion, or $119 billion, of private sector investment into industries to diversify Britain's energy supply and create around 480,000 jobs by 2030. The bill will establish a new independent system operator to coordinate and plan Britain's energy system. It will also extend the cap on retail energy prices beyond 2023, which limits how much an energy supplier can charge for their product. 
It will also work to encourage the adoption of heat pumps over gas boilers. What this bill does not say is that it will close its remaining coal-fired power plants by 2024, though, which the government promised last year it would do. They even said they'd shrine it in law. Well, here was their chance, and they didn't. A spokesperson for the Department for Business, Energy, and Industrial Strategies said the government remains committed to the 2024 target. But on Wednesday, Drax Group PLC said it would keep its last two coal units active past a shutdown scheduled for September, at the request of the Energy Secretary. There's also still no new news on whether the Cumbria coal mine project will get the go-ahead. The decision's been delayed. Anyways, let's get back to another UK-based climate victory story. The UK has also held another round of subsidy auctions for clean energy. It secured a record 11 gigawatts worth of projects, which will be enough to power about 12 million homes. The UK government sold the permits at record low prices as well. The largest portion of these projects, 7 gigawatts, is in offshore wind. These projects are not related to the ones the Queen Estate announced two days ago, as far as I understand. The UK government has a goal of building 50 gigawatts of offshore wind capacity by 2030. Now on to a climate fail. The head of the International Energy Agency warns that the global solar supply chain is too heavily reliant on China to ensure a secure supply conducive to global decarbonization. The world needs to double its production of key solar building blocks by 2030. If you want to learn more about what makes solar panels, check out the Becosphere video on solar tariffs. Ideally, this new production won't be in China, but right now that's not the trend. China makes over 80% of the solar building blocks and is expected to make 95% soon, leaving the industry at Russia levels of vulnerability. However, I think it's important to note that unlike Russia, countries will rely on China for the solar ramp up, but once solar energy is installed, it won't need constant input from China as you need constant flow of fossil fuels from Russia. That being said, the rest of the world should reduce its reliance on China for those products in case some extreme weather event or pandemic shuts down production there. Not to mention 40% of China's made polysilicone is linked to Uyghur forced labor camps. The only European country that produces a solar building block at a low enough manufacturing price to be competitive with China is Sweden with wafers. Let's end with one last piece of climate news. The French government announced it will nationalize the utility company EDF, which is one of the largest utility companies in Europe and pivotal to the country's nuclear plans. The state already owns 84% of the company, but fully owning it will allow France to restructure the debt-ridden company to work better. EDF is notorious in France and Britain for taking way longer and way more money to build nuclear plants than is estimated in the beginning. But France sees nuclear as an essential tool for reducing its reliance on Russian fossil fuels. Buying the rest of the company would probably cost the government about five billion pounds. And that was your climate news for Friday, July 8th. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Have a good weekend.